Cause I don't wanna come back down from this cloud It's taking me all this, all this, all this time Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't wanna come back down from this cloud Hey y'all, um, so I've got a, a topic that uh, is, is sort of a lot to cover. I'm, I'm chewing off a lot with this one. Um, so this is going to be the first part of a three, maybe four part series, um, each of them being about 15 minutes or so. Um, the series will discuss the pernicious downstream impacts of how, you know, considering our current economic, legislative, and social backdrop, um, kind of how corporate influence on politics and the Federal Reserve's sudden interest in, in acting more as a political weapon and a utility for the wealthy, how these trends are, are really a recipe for long-term disaster, and that disaster could uh, be social uh, or it could be economic. Um, really, if it's social, it's going to be social and then economic. So um, finally, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close the series by, by uh, touching on what an investor should most likely do to preserve wealth and potentially grow one's wealth, uh, even facing the, the headwinds of a, a very, uh, let's say, bleak uh, economic outlook. So in this particular uh, episode, I'm going to touch on the basic mechanics of the equity market over time. Again, the operative phrase here being over time, um, and how a recession is unavoidable unless inflation declines somehow and stabilizes uh, in the near future. Uh, it's certainly asking a lot of Mr. Inflation, um, who, you know, maybe we should remind the Fed, uh, inflation is not a person. Um, it does have a track record of being impossible to forecast. It's also impervious to bribes from the rich, um, and it does not have any interest in politics or political power. So um, I'd love to know the plan for um, uh, forcing uh, Mr. Inflation to be transitory as opposed to sticky, rising, and uh, deadly. Um, so let me quickly outline a way uh, to view the economy, which was developed by um, somebody who I consider to be one of the greatest minds uh, in finance, uh, Ed, East Ed Easterling. He is definitely a hero of mine. So according to Easterling's model, um, which again has uh, empirically, it has, has certainly been a uh, very informative way of predicting um, you know, the general movement in the stock market over time. Um, there's four pillars to this model. Um, the first uh, to account for is the starting valuation of equities. Uh, as we know, the starting valuation of equities today, uh, if we were starting today, that starting valuation is extremely high. So that is a bearish or bad thing uh, for forward-looking returns over the next 10, 15, 20 years. Um, the second piece is the movement and trend in interest rates, which um, have been relatively stable um, in, in the recent past, uh, which has done very little, by the way, to incite uh, uh, GDP, but that's a, a whole other discussion. Um, the likelihood of rates eventually moving much higher, um, those are, uh, there's a, a very large and a very probable um, scenario in which interest rates, rates uh, have to rise dramatically. Um, and uh, the third pillar being inflation, 
and the stability of inflation, more importantly. Um, as we uh, could all probably notice by looking at the CPI uh, numbers that have been coming out over the past months, um, inflation is anything but stable these days, and it's very, very high. Um, so high that I can't believe it's not on the front page of every newspaper uh, every single day. It's, it's extremely high, and it's rising. Um, and the fourth um, aspect of all this is the uh, is sort of the yield from the stock market. This is not as important of a piece, but um, the yield um, produced from the stock market would be the uh, the coupon returns, the the dividends received um, uh, from from equities, um, and sort of what the yield is, um, the average uh, dividend over the average you know price of of equities. So. Uh, again, that's not as telling. It often agrees with um, the first pillar that I mentioned, the, uh, the present value of, uh, of equity markets. But uh, those are sort of the four pieces that uh, Easterling looks at. And uh, it's, it's very, very compelling as, as a way of um, just judging whether we're moving into a, a bear market or, um, you know, starting a, uh, a long, bullish, beautiful, um, you know, economic uh, story of economic growth. Um, I've got to point out that all four of these pillars are pointing negative. Uh, Inflation is not stable, as I noted. Um, uh, dividend yield is very low. Um, the starting price of equities, as I noted, very, very, very high, historically high. And interest rates, most likely, they're going to be moving up. Um, and that rate may hasten um, as we find that the Fed's uh, wimpy moves are not cutting it. For um, for kind of halting this so-called transitory, I use air quotes, transitory inflation. As a sign of gratitude to my listen- listeners, um, I'd like to give you the opportunity to uh, skip ahead now uh, to avoid the uh, overly loud and poorly uh, recorded uh, commercial that's about to uh, about to play. So uh, go ahead and uh, skip ahead 15, 30 seconds or so, and uh, I'll see you on the other side. Thanks. I want to touch on the trend in CPI, um, which uh, is really a, um, you know, kind of the go-to measure for inflation in the U.S. Talk a little bit about the rate of change here and uh, and the Fed's response thus far. So in 2021, uh, uh, in September, um, uh, well, in August, uh, the CPI was at 53 uh, inflation was sitting at 5.3, by the way, well above the 2% target um, issued by the Federal Reserve uh, over and over again um, as their sort of target target uh, target rate here. Um, their responses since then have been that this is a uh, transitory. Um, don't don't know how you can um, support that uh, empirically. You can't. Um, so it's a nice thing to say. It also sounds smart. Um, but uh, in September, it ticked up to 5.4. Uh, it's a small, small change. Uh, then October of 2021 ticks up to 6.2. Uh, it seems the change is uh, already hastening. And then to 6.8. And, and then a slow tick up to 7. Um, but then in January of this year, 7.5 print. And uh, many expected that to um, be reduced in the month of February. A lot of a lot of talking heads uh, and pundits calling for a reduction in inflation in February. Uh, negative. Uh, 7.9. Uh, 
uh, was the print in February. So um, it's uh, it's pretty wild. Um, this trend. We're really we're we're, we're knocking on the and knocking on the door of eight percent inflation. This is not something that is advantageous to anyone. A little bit of inflation, it can be argued, can spur economic growth. I get that. I've, I've, I've heard both sides of this argument. Uh, deflation is catastrophic, um, being, being the main argument. Um, so shooting for 2%, yeah, sure, it's a sensible rule of thumb. Shooting for 8% would be um, incredibly foolhardy. Um, and, and shooting for a, um, an inflation rate that moves at these rates um, whether this is transitory or not, my friend, this is uh, this is not the way uh, that you uh, that you incite economic growth. When companies don't know what the inflation rate is going to be next month, uh, when you have unstable um, inflation, that is uh, the death blow for any bull market. Um, and uh, if the Federal Reserve's response is such as it should be to raise rates and to begin to battle even with their you know limited and and again outmoded tool set um the interest rates um you know don't uh it's 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 not a panacea in terms of, of a uh, of a response but um we've seen the fed uh the most recent move was 0.25 percent increase in in rates um this is a humorous response uh to say the least um, I don't know that you're doing a great deal to just uh, <laughs> to, to, to scare off uh, you know those those uh, large cap companies that are continuing to take on loans. I don't know if you're really changing the economic landscape in any way. Um, you are, however, appearing to care, um, which I think is at the heart of what the Fed is doing. Um, these immaterial moves, um, why why would they be so? Um, I guess scared to um, to save the economy in the long run. Sure, uh, the the stock market will would likely crash. Um, you know, with with the state of growth as it is, and with rising rates, um, with unstable inflation, those are uh, th those are three factors that um, you know that confluence of, of factors would yeah it would very likely lead to a crash in equity markets. And I think that's where the rub is. I think uh, these tech firms, these FANG stocks, um, and stocks outside of the tech sector, frankly, with you know uh, price-to-earnings ratios of, of 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, uh, you know, these are, <laughs> these are companies that are, uh, A, overvalued, um, despite the, their impeccable business models, um, and B, they're dependent on cash flows so far in the future that uh, they're, they're what we call long duration stocks. So just like long duration bonds, these stocks are very sensitive to changes in the interest rates. Um, because again, their cash flows are spread so far out into the future. Changes in interest rates um, really impact an investor's decision as to whether um, you know, the, these cash flows are going to be in real terms um, worth their investment. So, um, and if the Fed were acting properly and, uh, and, and were fulfilling its mandate, um, they, would, uh, they, they would not be responding in this way. So it does seem that somehow um, the tech sector in particular uh, 
I couldn't possibly name names. What do I know? But it does seem uh, plausible that there's a significant influence um, and pressure being being placed on the Fed, whether directly or indirectly, from these firms. Um, and uh, they don't want to upset the apple cart. Um, essentially, the Fed is, has become a neutered political instrument um, protecting the wealthy. They don't want to see the market crash, clearly. Um, that's why they, they made this, this big dog 0.25% uh, move. Um, well, really, really hiking over there, Jerome. What a badass. Give me a break, man. This is just... <laughs> not only was it... To say long overdue is, is it doesn't do it justice. Not, not only is this um, negligent and late, um, it's, uh, it's a response that is um, just, it's insulting, really, um, to the average investor. So that does it for this, this week's episode here. Um, on the next installment, which I hope to release uh, next week, um, hopefully on Thursday or Friday, um, I'll be talking about the legislative and social backdrop uh, here in the U.S. Um, and how corporate influence on politics uh, today and uh, the Federal Reserve's sudden uh, shift uh, into, you know, becoming a uh, political weapon, as I said, and, and a utility for the wealthy as opposed to um, the laborer, um, how they're sort of shifting and warping the economy into one of capital as opposed to uh, one of labor. Um, you know, these trends are, as I said again, uh, these trends are a recipe for either social or economic disaster. So the Fed's going to have to go ahead and, and uh, pick their poison on that. Um, and, uh, and then in the episode after, um, I will talk about what an investor can do in this environment. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to listen and uh, have a great day.